you to find a healthier balance for every day. This is Building Balance on KCLOR with personal trainer and nutritional coach Natalie Lennon. Hello everybody, you are very welcome along to Building Balance, a brand new show here on KCLOR Kickstarting this evening, an eight-week series dedicated to helping you build a healthier, happier and balanced life. Each week, we're going to choose one topic to explore, taking an in-depth look at the most important aspects of well-being, exercise and nutrition right throughout the series. We will have an expert on each topic. Join us weekly, sharing advice, giving tips and of course I will be playing some upbeat motivational music towards the end of each show to get you moving. Being a personal trainer and nutritional and health coach myself, it is an honour to be here with you sharing my passion and to be joined by my expert guests weekly. I hope that this series helps you build a better balance in your life. If you want to get in touch during the show with any questions, which I'm sure you will have for my guest tonight, please do so on the dinnersready.ie contact line 083 306 9696. Or if you want to email me after the show, Natalie Lennon at kclor96fm.com. With simple ways to enhance your quality of life, building balance on KCLOR with Natalie Lennon. Now, last February, I began my journey here in KCLR with the Power Hour series, which looked at many well-being topics throughout the hour. But on Building Balance, like I was saying, we're choosing one topic each week to focus on. And we're kicking things off with what is potentially the most important pillar of your well-being and often the most overlooked one. And I think my guest is going to agree with me. I'm absolutely thrilled to be joined in studio live tonight by Tom Coleman, Ireland's top sleep coach and we are very lucky to have his time. He is here to dive into all things sleep for our very first show. Tom, you are very welcome to Building Balance here on KCLR. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me. It is an absolute pleasure. I know you're very busy. We had you on the Power Hour when I first started here in KCLR and I was a ball of nerves then. I've got a little bit more comfortable since but when we chatted then there was so much more I wanted to dive into and we didn't have the time. Tonight we do, so I'm really excited to get straight into things. Can you start, Tom, by telling me a little bit about how you got into becoming a sleep coach and the work that you do? Sure. Um, My journey started, I suppose, when I left college. I qualified as a health scientist, so I studied health science physiology. So I was always fascinated with how things worked. I always wanted to go a little bit deeper. Um, I had a huge interest in nutrition. It's, it's such an interesting area and we all love eating food, don't we? So that's where my journey began. And pretty early on in my career, I, I got to work with some fairly high level athletes and the question arose, what has the biggest impact on our ability to recover? So for a professional or semi-professional or anyone really in that world, the goal is to enhance recovery so that they can perform much better. Mm-hmm. And when I asked that question, the answer came back to me as sleep. And that was so surprising to me at the time. And that was 10 years ago. So I became obsessed with sleep. Yeah. <laughs> and I then started delving into sleep analysis and I worked with a company who had developed a technology which was designed by US military to analyse mental and physical fatigue and sleep. So quite luckily they sent me some of their units and that's where my sleep journey began. And I've continued over, I've been 
talking about sleep for a long time and you know the years have pricked up and over the last number of years of course the media different publishers uh, we've seen and we know a lot more now about the profound impact it has on all aspects of our mental and physical health and well-being absolutely and i think people are becoming a lot more educated on how sleep impacts our well-being our mindset our mood but that said i think both you and i live in a world where we're surrounded by people who do care about Mm. it and who are educated Mm. i still come across a lot of people who treat lack of sleep and sleep deprivation as if it's trendy and it's cool yeah you know oh i stayed up till 3 a.m you know Mm. watching this this youtube series or not being able to turn off my netflix it's Mm. it's really detrimental so let's first off go into why sleep is so important tom sure i mean what's happening when we sleep there's so much going on from a physical perspective and from a psychological perspective so just like briefly looking at that people who are active uh, muscle and tissue repair is crucial right and again you know i've worked with with uh, professional athletes and guys who maybe you want to put on muscle but for all of us in, in in a general sense our body repairs at night it makes sense you're in a dormant state it's a really good time to repair so your brain secretes growth hormone at night so the tissues will be repaired hormones you know really important so we look at things like testosterone for men i mean if we know if you get less than five hours your testosterone levels drop to that of a man 10 years older <laughs> nobody wants that wow i never knew that yeah we can talk about uh, immune function mm-hmm. so your immune system mediates its response um, and that a lot of that is happening through sleep. You make a lot of immune cells at night. Your body restocks at night. So we make things like natural killer cells, which help fight off, you know, uh, irregular growth in our body. So that's just a, you know, a small part of the physical things that happen. From a psychological point of view, the brain must clean itself, and it does so at night. If we think about how the body cleans itself, we have the lymphatic system in the body. It doesn't extend beyond the neck. So your brain has this buildup of plaque and toxins throughout the day. There's a cost to being awake. So at night, the lymphatic drainage, your brain flushes out the toxins and you're, you're much more able to focus, you're sharper, all of that type of stuff, right? Uh, you embed positive emotional experiences that you've had during the day. And your brain also disassociates um, a stressful event and, and gets rid of it. So, you know, everything is impacted when we think about that. And every area of our health is impacted through that. Absolutely. I think that sentence in itself, you know, our answer, if we could just bottle that and put it into everyone's mind, it would completely change their outlook on sleep mm. and hopefully get them to prioritise it more because it really is the be all and end all when it comes to our well being physically mm. and emotionally. So when we sleep, Tom, and I know this myself, one of the books that I've partly read, I've, I've dived in and out of, is Why We Sleep by Matthew mm. Walker. I'm sure you're yeah. a fan of that book, are yeah. you? Oh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Big fan of Matthew Walker's work, yeah. So it was in that book that I educated myself a little bit more on the stages of sleep, mm-hmm. REM sleep, non-REM. Would you mind maybe starting off by going into some of those? Sure. Because I think if we educate people on what happens and, and the different yeah. stages <clears throat> of sleep, they may understand it that bit better. Well, the first thing to say is that is that we sleep in cycles or st- of about 90 minutes so when we look at sleep recommendations adults are it's recommended about seven and a half hours per night and that's five cycles for most people now sleep is a very personal thing so some people may 
be fine on six hours. Other people may need nine hours. So what's happening during a 90-minute cycle? You drift away into stage one sleep. It's very light. Some people don't know they're in stage one sleep. Um, Then you fall deeper. Your heart rate drops. Your blood pressure drops. The body starts to relax. And your core body temperature drops. And that drop in temperature causes a rise in melatonin production, which pushes you into deep sleep, stage three, four sleep. That's when most of the physical restoration is occurring in the deep sleep. Then you dream. And dreaming is light sleep or EM sleep. And your brain is... a the activity in the brain is about the same as being awake, believe it or not, when you're in REM sleep. Now, during your first 90-minute cycle, um, your REM state is only about 5 or 10 minutes. But by the time you go through the cycles, you reach your last cycle, your REM sleep has extended to about an hour. So, Tom, each cycle Mm -hmm. is composed of each of these stages? Yeah. Okay. Each cycle is, but what's ha- every cycle is different yes. because the REM is getting is extending and getting longer, and most of the physical repairs that I spoke about are happening in the deeper sleep, and most of the psychological repair is happening in the in the latter okay. sleep. And naturally, as the night goes on, then your sleep is naturally getting lighter. If we think about it like that, and you need it to, so you can get the physiological or the psychological yes, repairs. Yes, yeah. and and don't undervalue light sleep. People oft people always will come to me and say, "Oh, I want more deep sleep." You know, my, you know, my device is telling me I need more deep sleep yes. or whatever, and and get upset. Light sleep is equally important. So well, that's when if people do miss out on sleep, they're missing out on the psychological stuff, the psychological repair, and the and they find themselves walking around with brain fog and not able to focus and. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's so much here I want to dive into. I'm so excited by the topic. But what I'm going to do is take a quick ad break and we'll be back to you, Tom, with my next question. Finding a healthier balance for every day. Building balance on KCLR with Natalie Lennon. You are very welcome back. You're listening to Building Balance, your newest show here on a Tuesday evening on Casey Law, where we are hoping to help you build a better balance in your life by diving into one topic every single week that really is important for your well-being. And tonight, that is sleep. I'm here with Tom Coleman, Ireland's top sleep coach. And if you have any questions for him, please do get them into us. 083-306-9696. The dinner is ready. ie text sign. I did get a message in there saying, love to hear you speak more about the lymphatic system. And if you have advice for people with lympho- lymphoedema and lipoedema, Tom, that probably, would that be your area? I, su- I suppose if we'd look at, you know, we talk about um, inflammation and we want to mediate that. And that's where sleep will help regulate that, that there's not a huge amount of histamine um being flushed into the system you know there's an excessive response with immune response we don't want that or we don't want an underactive and that's where sleep mediates that and it is kind of tricky because sometimes what, what will happen is there's people's sleep will be disrupted even though they kind of need more of it mm. so it's again and we, we will dive into this it's looking at how to improve the sleep yeah and that will help the condition absolutely um 
so if you again have any more texts do get them into us but to go back to what we were talking about before the ad break mm-hmm. Tom the different stages deep sleep and how that is so important for mm-hmm. your physical repair yeah. uh, which I relate to do you know I got a bit of an injury in my back last week and I know for a fact it's probably because my sleep was all over the place yeah. and then obviously the importance of light sleep which yeah. was really interesting to hear for the mm-hmm. psychological benefits mm-hmm. when it comes to the amounts of each that we should be mm-hmm. getting you know a lot of people wear um, yeah. smart watches nowadays that give give some percentages. Mm-hmm. How many cycles of sleep should yeah. we be getting a night and then the percentages sure. of deep and light? So if we look at um, the requirement and that changes through the lifespan. So like it will be personal in, insofar as, you know, some people are fine on six hours, which is four 90 minute cycles. Okay. Right. Some people need five 90 minute cycles. That's seven and a half hours. You might need an extra cycle. You might get an extra cycle and that's nine hours. So, the requirement is always personal. That's, you know, the first thing to say about it. In terms of how much light and deep, I suppose your brain regulates that. Your brain will look after that. People tend to obsess about it, especially the deep sleep. But if you've missed out and had wake episodes during light sleep, the next night your brain will hold you in lighter sleep longer. Or if you've missed out on um, deep sleep, the next night your brain will hold you in deeper sleep for longer. So, essentially, you don't need to worry too much about that. That's incredible. I never knew that before because sometimes I'd be panicking, thinking, oh, I woke up during the night a few times, but, you know, tomorrow it'll take me a while to get back into the mm-hmm. swing of things. But really, your body is able to reset itself. Yeah, yeah it will. Okay. If you, much of sleep is about getting out of the way of it. It will happen. But it's about us looking at all of the other areas to allow sleep to happen yeah. and not be overstimulated. And that we're going to dive into, but it, there's so many questions jumping <laughs> to mind. You mentioned there, you know, some people could have four cycles mm-hmm. and be fine. Mm-hmm. Others, five, seven mm-hmm. and a half hours. So let's go into that. Mm-hmm. How many hours sleep, you know, typically should yeah. we be getting and how does that vary for children to adults yeah. to elderly? Okay, so uh, when we're born, I suppose the young babies require about 16, 17 hours. Okay, my son never did, incidentally. I was walking around the bedroom at three o'clock in the morning telling him this and <laughs> telling him I was a sleep expert and he was laughing away at me. So children are very, very, very greatly, right? Um, te- you know, t- toddlers require um, about 14 hours. Teenagers require, and t- there's always a kind of range as well. So teenagers require 10, 11 hours maybe a night. Most teenagers aren't probably getting that. And then as adults, the recommendation for, for most of us is seven to eight hours. Right. Yeah. Um, as we age, we get worse at sleeping. Uh, our sleep gets lighter over the lifespan, also. Okay, so you're more likely to experience wake episodes. Females, women um, who are perimenopausal or menopausal, experience great difficulty with sleep. Yeah. And then, of course, life happens stress, yeah. trauma, everything else, and it's disrupted. Uh, your brain can survive. We can survive, of course we can. And I think we're even, it's, it's within our DNA to do that, of course. Um, but, you know, if we can bring regularity into it. But you would kind of know yourself how much you would need. That you, you're, yeah, batteries are charged, but feel fully good to go. Yes. Now, yeah. 
in saying that, I've, you know, 10 years working in sleep and I've yet to meet someone who kind of says, yes, I wake up fully refreshed and ready to go every morning. You know, we're all groggy in the morning. So. Yeah. And when you say that, it's funny because I agree, you know, typically we all know when we are fully charged mm. and when we've had enough sleep. But in my days, nutritional and health coaching, I mm. definitely came across quite a few clients where at the beginning they were like, no, I only need five to six hours sleep, mm. honestly. That's, I know I'm fine, I can function. Mm. But when I really pushed them to get seven to eight hours, they realised they weren't fine and they weren't fully functioning. I think, yeah. have you come across a lot of people as a sleep coach that think they're fine with five yeah. to six hours, yeah. but they're not? It's a really good observation. Mm. Uh, I really like that because it ties in with, you know, what what I see on a, on a day-to-day basis. And that is that we've nearly forgotten what it's like to be optimally healthy mm-hmm. what I see a lot of is people cutting corners on their sleep especially and the younger they are the more vitality and energy I mean I could get by in three or four hours sleep in my 20s you know yeah, yeah. Um, but what happens is is I mean if I was eating really poorly right making really bad food choices for six months or three months I'd start to see the signs in my body yeah. Right. If I didn't exercise, if I didn't do any of that, I would see signs. With sleep deprivation, you don't really see it, mm-hmm. and, and and the the sleep deprived brain does not know it's sleep deprived. Wow. So imagine, it's like it's like the example I the example I use is is, is the drunken person at four o'clock in the morning saying, "I'll walk home. It's only five miles." It's fine. <laughs> your brain doesn't know it. Your brain at eighty five percent thinks it's at a hundred percent. So it's it's hard to interpret. Where I see massive um, results is where, where where people do fix their sleep, and then they're like, "Oh my god, this is what it's like." I've, I've nearly forgotten yeah. what it's like to perform optimally like this. Yeah, you know. So, and I think everyone deserves to give their body that chance to know what it's like to function optimally. And I mm. I will never understand how people cannot emphasize sleep more in their lives and the importance mm. of it but that's why we're here because we're trying to convince people that's to right. you mentioned there do you know how people can wake up and feel fully recharged mm. so that brings me to a question where you know I've heard numerous times that if you have a healthy sleep cycle well you mm. don't need an alarm clock that you're going to wake yeah. up perfectly at the end of a cycle yeah. would you say that's true? Um, I would yeah. but I think the issue is with today's society and what I've again seen is this huge pressure, time, um, connection yeah. to, to social media and to media, and we, you know, it. And we we had COVID. We've come out of COVID, and that caused um, a societal level of anticipatory anxiety. And one of the huge things I've seen in the last number of years is anxiety on the increase, stress on the increase. Um, so to tell someone don't bother setting an alarm clock like most people I, if, if I if that idea comes up they're like oh god no I, I couldn't do that I never I mean what if I don't wake up yeah I don't use an alarm clock myself and I know that my body like I will wake up I, I absolutely will wake up I know that and you know a, a, so, a pretty decent hour Tommy you know everyone's listening to you now Ireland's top sleep coach and you're telling us you wake up without an alarm everyone's yeah. wondering what time you wake up at <laughs> yeah, what, time, what time you go to sleep at the, there is there is a bit of variance in, in the time <laughs> I wake up and it will depend on what I've been doing that day yes absolutely and if, if, if I've been behaving myself that day and everything else and, I've been making, and if, <laughs> if I've been exercising and if I've gone to bed on time because I too can get sucked into the world as we know I mean it's part of my work is on social media so um, I 
try and have a chill out time in the evening and relax and wind down and if I'm being really good and I'm in bed before 11 Mm -hmm. and if I'm falling asleep at about 11 I'm waking up uh, probably about seven half seven usually and I feel fantastic I am not a morning person okay (laughs) I like quiet and silence in the morning but I know I, I have any amount of energy there and once I get going then you know it's I'm there. highly productive okay yeah. Yeah. brilliant I have to say it'll be similar enough if mm. I can manage to get to bed around yeah. that 11 o'clock time half 7 seems to be the hour I'd wake up as well Yeah. we got a message in here and I did have this question for you question on sleep what about nodding off for a few minutes during the daytime so that brings us on mm. to the topic of naps yeah. and guys if you do want to get your texts in the dinnersready.ie text and whatsapp line 0833069696 Tom naps what's the ideal amount of time we should be napping for yeah. and I say this half knowing the answer because when you told me before I was amazed and I never forgot it <laughs> yeah. and also why do some people nap more than others or feel mm. they need to yeah um Great question. So, I mean, yeah, the ideal time, apparently, according to NASA, not me, they've researched this, 26 minutes. That's the sweet spot. To be exact. <laughs> to be exact. <laughs> I don't know how you're going to time that. I mean, um, but 26 minutes, that's what they say. Um, so, winding back to the to the 90-minute cycle, if we go beyond 30 minutes, we're going into stage 3, 4 sleep. That means we're going into deeper sleep. So, and, and this has probably happened to you. If, if you've ever slept for an hour... And then you wake up and you're like, oh, why did I do that? I feel worse now than before. So, you know, a short nap. Now, for the shift worker, maybe it's a better idea for them to take a 90-minute cycle. Yeah. And they're going to feel more refreshed waking up at the end of that. There's a whole, I suppose, thing about naps. And, and I was involved in research uh, on sleep in Ireland in 2018. And one of the things we found was that there's a cultural bias towards napping in, in Ireland, you know. Um I mean, I'm from Mayo, and, and the, the first two things that were said about a person was how hard they worked and how early they were up in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> so we have to get over that. Now, some people have that requirement, and they have that uh, rhythm. They've entrained their mind to... Because there are natural dips in our what's known as circadian rhythm, our body clock. Yes. There are natural times in the day in all mammalian species, not just humans, that there's a kind of dip. There's a time to kind of chill out and take it easy and some people nap and that's fine yeah and it's interesting that you say that because my my smartwatch recently got an update Mm. and there's a new feature on it called your sleep boost Mm. which is exactly that it tells you the times of day that you are most energized and the Mm. times that you may want to relax a little bit more and i guess that's when i should be timing my naps tom we're just going to take a quick break and we'll be back to you with a few more questions Finding a healthier balance for every day. Building balance on KCLR with Natalie Lennon. Now you're very welcome back. You are listening to Building Balance here with Natalie Lennon. And I'm joined tonight by Tom Coleman, Ireland's top sleep coach. And that is our subject of focus for the show this evening. I did get another another text in there saying, first of all, congratulations on your new show. Thank you very much, Paul from Freshford. But any tips on sleep with a newborn baby? As we are awake almost every hour to hour and a half at night. Thanks. Tom, I know this isn't your usual area. Do you mm. have any words you want to say there? I mean, for, for the parents, it's it's a huge thing, right? Mm. Um, so I would say, it, you know, tag team. I mean, one parent go get one night or two nights even. Do one, even two nights, if you can, separately. If, that, if, that, if that's possible, okay? Yeah. And at least then you've got one, you know, uh, parent who's got 
you don't have two very sleep deprived uh, yeah. parents okay um, babies take time to produce their own melatonin the sleep hormone so, so they had been getting it from the umbilical cord or breast milk but it, they take about three months and then they start to produce their own melatonin so you can entrain them with light sleep very good. Yeah, sleep in dark, and when they're active, it's light. And um, you you, c- you can get through it as a parent myself. <laughs> Hang in there. I feel your pain. I don't know how you guys do it. You know, I can barely look after a cat, let alone <laughs> a child, and she wakes me up once or twice in the night, and that's the most I can take. You mentioned circadian rhythm, yes. and that was a question of mine that I wanted to mm. go back on because I think it's worth um, just answering the question, yeah. what is circadian rhythm? Circadian rhythm. So the word circadian, circa around about day in a day around about a day so we have this uh, internalised rhythm of around about a day I suppose that you could say that every creature on the planet has mm-hmm. it should align with the day and the night cycle now we are diurnal meaning we are active we are not nocturnal we are active during daylight hours that's the strategy we've chosen so your circadian rhythm is inbuilt in you and then it gets cues from the outside world like mm. light and temperature and food and social interaction and that helps align it but it, it's an aid now it doesn't just look after your sleep wake cycles it looks after every single aspect of your physiology from your digestive system to your cardiovascular system to temperature to everything so different functions happen in the body at different times and all of this is governed by your circadian rhythm and when it comes to shift workers i know you touched on this it's quite Mm. difficult for them to i suppose optimize their health from their circadian Mm. rhythm perspective because it's every which way do you have advice there as to how shift workers can go about optimizing i guess their their sleep hygiene yeah so um they suffer from circadian misalignment yeah okay so it's especially on a rotating pattern because they're trying to shift not just their sleep everything you know your digestive system for example has its own circadian rhythm so your gut bacteria certain bacteria die away at night other bacteria proliferate and clean up your digestive system while you sleep so for the shift worker they should avoid food between 12 midnight and 6am even if they're on a night shift try and load up most of their calories earlier they should um, use um, light uh, to try and help them wake up and be active so lots of light exposure when they should be active when yeah. say that if they're on nights driving home wear a pair of sunglasses make sure your room is very dark quiet and cool uh, they're constantly splitting the difference you're looking ahead to the next shift their days off are really important um, that they um, catch up, that they restore, that they re-energize, that they rest, because it's 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 very demanding on the, on the systems and the body to be constantly rotating yeah. on those patterns. Yeah. It really is a difficult, it's a difficult lifestyle to take on and yes. optimize um, your well-being when you do work night shifts. I'm getting in a few texts here, Tom, and some of them are kind of leading into questions that I was going to ask you. Before I pose these questions to you, I'm going to go straight to this question Mm. because I know it's going to probably help answer a lot of these tips for Mm. a better night sleep. Wow, I could just do the full hour on this. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) now I want want people to kind of, to grasp this. I mean, if if you go to a doctor, one of the first three questions is tell me about your sleep. Mm. It's used as a gauge to see how well you're dealing with life and stress and everything else. Okay. People tend to focus in on the on the sh- on the the sleep and this it's it's almost like a barometer in a sauna. Okay, so um, 
focusing on the barometer and cooling that is not really possible without looking at all the other areas of your life that influence sleep. Yeah. And those are things like, like a good sleep routine starts when you, the minute you wake up in the morning. Light exposure. Light informs the biological clock in your brain of what to do and when to do it. It also clears the grogginess faster than anything else, yeah. okay? Um, it's, it sets a timer for melatonin production 14 to 16 hours later. Okay, so morning light, physical activity, be physically active to, as, uh, as, as much as you can throughout the day. Uh, eat well, avoid stimulants and sedatives like caffeine and alcohol. Start a, 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 your wind down routine. The second half of the day is when we should be relaxing. The first half of the day is about seeking and finding what we want in life, calories. The primordial, the caveman and woman, right? We, we want calories, we want shelter, we need to learn, we need to procreate. That happens earlier in the day. Second half is about winding down yeah. and being happy with what we have. So build a good sleep routine, um, which is, you know, a couple of hours. Get off the tech. I mean, I could, I could spend hours talking about the technology and what it does to your brain because it's stimulating you. And this includes Netflix. Yes. We hate don't to tell you folks, it includes <laughs> Netflix. <laughs> I always say, don't mistake distraction for relaxation. That is so true, yeah. And, and don't That's mistake powerful. comfort. Comfort. We're creatures of comfort. Mm. Your brain and your body is set up actually to bring you back into homeostasis, which is the comfort zone. So you're always being dragged there. You're yeah. always being pulled there. So don't mistake distraction on Netflix or social media for that. You're not unwinding. You're actually stimulating your nervous system. So calm everything down, start to unwind, start to let go of the day and sleep will happen if you don't overstimulate. Tom, absolutely fantastic tips there and thank you so much. That is one line that I think is really going to stick with me from tonight's show. Don't distract. Don't mistake, mistake distraction for relaxation, relaxation because yeah. I'm so guilty of doing that myself. Yeah. You know, oh, but this is the only time of day I get to switch off. Yeah. That's not necessarily true. I'm disconnecting from my body when I should be connecting to it Yeah, and analysing how I feel and bringing my nervous system back down. Yeah. Okay, now off the back of that, two texts we have in here. Um, and thank you guys so much for texting in. They're coming in so quick. I'm not sure we're going to get to them all, Tom. We might just have to get a show with yeah. you here each week. <laughs> Why would you wake at four o'clock in the morning and not be able to go back to sleep? And that was from Mary. But then another one similar enough, if one wakes in the night and cannot get back to sleep mm -hmm. from Martina. Any tips as to how you can get back to sleep? Yeah, well, okay. Obviously, we need to, to find out what's kind of happening. We, we experience wake episodes uh, on a regular basis. We, you know, we, we don't call it sleep. We call it sleep-wake cycle. So yeah. it's, to some degree, it's actually normal to wake up. It's the first thing to, to, to put into your head, right? Uh, what do you do when you wake up? You reach for the phone. Because you, you've told me the time there. So how do you know the time? Because what do you do? You grab the phone, you yeah. press the button, you get blinded by the light. Then you do the calculation and go, oh, God, I have to get up in three hours. I have to get back to sleep. So I would say shift the focus on not getting back to sleep. Shift the focus. Don't check the time. Shift the focus on to relaxation. You need to give your mind some cognitive chewing gum, what I call cognitive chewing, chewing gum, um, because it will gravitate towards what I have to do tomorrow, what colour car I'm going to get next year, yeah. the problems in my life. I have to go back to sleep. I'm getting stressed out. Yeah. Okay. Um, obviously, we want to avoid uh, stress and high cortisol levels later in the evening, you know, brought about by stressful events or maybe exercising too late stimulants yeah. like caffeine all of that and um, m make sure that you give your mind something to do 
whether it be counting your breaths, meditation, um, a body scan, a relaxation, and the sleep will happen. Now, maybe you've entrained your system that way, but don't forget that, you know, your sleep cycles are getting lighter. The, the sleep, what we call sleep pressure in the brain is dropping. Yeah. Because you've paid off some of the debt. Uh, so you're more likely to wake up, but don't worry about it. You need to train yourself to get back to sleep quickly yeah. and close that gap. One thing that I found helped me to do that, Tom, and it's not every night this happens to mm. me. If there's a lot going on in my life, I tend to wake up like these textures do as well. But meditating during the day mm. has really helped me kind of work with my breath more and yeah. slow down and focus on my breath and count my breathing and like, mm. you know, feel that inhale, hold it, let that exhale go. Yeah. And having that guided meditation, which I use my phone for during the day at some point mm -hmm. helps me at night time to not use my phone and bring myself back to do it myself so I feel like that that for people to do more meditation during the day could help them potentially go back yeah. to sleep on their own at night yeah because like if we look at and I, I say this the same systems that control stress control sleep yeah okay so it's on a continuum it's on a, it's on a like a, if you imagine a straight line so right at the bottom we have deep sleep and then we come up to rest relaxation somewhere in the middle of your nervous system you should be alert and calm then you, you you get stress and so what we're doing throughout the day is we're sliding up or we're sliding down through our activity so what you said there Natalie is you're putting yourself back down yeah. like at times and that is it's within our DNA to do that and I I'll explain that to you, what I mean by that, is that a 90-minute sleep cycle is known as an ultradian cycle. They continue in the brain during the day. Famous researcher who analysed elite athletes, chess grandmasters, musicians, found that they all trained in bouts of 90 minutes and then they had a 15-minute break where they weren't using the analytical part of their mind. And that calmed everything down. They became more efficient. It's, it's incredible. So we're actually set up to do that, to, to build in little 10 or 15 minute slots throughout the day that calm the nervous system, that calm the mind. If you haven't done that and you go to bed wired, stressed out and tired, you might fall asleep from exhaustion, but you'll wake up. So yeah. the time to address it really is through the day. That is incredible. You've literally described me many times throughout the month of January. Um, it's incredible. Yeah. And, okay, some more messages coming in here that I'm going to try, try to fly through because I had so much more I wanted to get to, but where is the time gone? One in here asking, thank you so much for your text, Ethna. Um, everyone saying that you are absolutely brilliant, Tom, and thank I had you. no doubt that they were going to love you. So any thoughts on co-sleeping with children in family beds? Would that be an area that you would share a thought um, on? I, with 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 ch with I've 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 done a lot of research. Or I've I've looked at a lot of research with partners. <laughs> yeah. With children, I it, it really is a personal choice. Yeah. It really is a personal choice. Um, you know, at, there are advantages and disadvantages. I would say, and I wouldn't sort of uh, advise on on the on the children piece really. Um, that's no problem. What I would say here when it comes to the children piece, also we had the Emerald Nanny. If you look her up on Facebook, we had her on the January Drive and she is an expert yeah. when it comes to children and children's sleep. So she might be one worth creeping on, as we say. Um, Natalie, magnesium taken before bedtime gives a fantastic night's sleep. I find it brilliant. Um, I agree with this texture. I mm. often take a magnesium yeah. powder. Mag365 yeah. is one I use and you put it into hot water, that's it right. activates the magnesium. You'd agree with that as well? Oh yeah, I would, yeah. Yes. It's it's really good for calming the nervous. It's, it it calms nerve impulses um, with, with heart rate, and uh, definitely one one supplement I would recommend for for sleep. 
Another one, and I, I think this listener may have just tuned in towards the end of the show, but maybe you could clarify it first quickly again. Have a Fitbit and it breaks my sleep down into REM, light and deep. Mm-hmm. What's the difference? Now, you've explained the difference. You know, we'll, we'll have this up on Spotify and the website afterwards. But should you, or by tomorrow morning, should you be getting more of deep than light? No, light, you get more light. You get about 50% light sleep. You get about 25% deep sleep. Yeah, yeah. Now my watch would say the same. So yeah. there is the answer to that one. And one more for you. How many hours should a 12-year-old teen roughly be getting? I'd say about um, between 10 and 12 hours. Between 10 and 12. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay, 0833069696. Get them in quick if you have any more questions because you won't be here for much longer. Tom, dreams. Why okay. do we dream? Okay, we dream. Oh, there's, there's several reasons. That's a deep question. There's several <laughs> reasons why we dream. Although it's not my area, it is of interest to me. So, um... We dream to sort out what's happened during the day, really. And also, we can use dreaming as an opportunity to practice a threat that may, a perceived threat that we may have. Okay? So it's like it mediates us emotionally to dream. We know that it's exceptionally important for men- mental health. Um, if we don't dream, we die. It's it's that important. And that, that got deep. Yeah, <laughs> that got really deep, really quick. But we we know that. I mean, like if we look at something like um, alcohol suppresses REM sleep. Okay. Alcoholics who you know obviously drink a huge amount, mm-hmm. they they suppress it so much that they get delirium tremors and they they actually dream while they're awake. Their brain forces them to do that. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So it's dreaming is hugely important. Some people don't remember and they say, "I don't dream." You do. Okay, you yeah. do dream. Um, some people have really vivid dreams. Some people have night terrors, and that's a medical condition. Mm-hmm. Dreaming happens in REM sleep, but sometimes it leaks into other phases of sleep, and then we need to look at it. And we get paralysis when we dream. Your body paralyzes. Imagine this, when you go into REM sleep, that your body paralyzes every muscle except the muscles that move the eyes for rapid eye movement. So yeah. it's, it's, we're incredible pieces of machinery, really. And Tom, I'm going to maybe wrap it up with one or two more here. When it comes to hypnic jerks, you yep. thought me that term. Yes. This is when we kind of jolt as we're falling asleep. Yeah. Why does that happen? Well, the honest answer is that scientists don't even know why it happens. It's an involuntary movement. It's in the same family of involuntary movements as hiccups, right? Okay. Yeah, a hypnic jerk. Now, I, it's think about it. You're falling asleep. Your nervous system is kind of ramping down activity. And um, to think of one falling and then we, we get that sensation yes. that we are falling, that is the hypnic jerk. So um, I would say it's letting go, because for me, sleep is the ultimate act of letting go of the day, letting yeah. go of fears, hopes, desires, dreams, and everything else. So that letting go, and then the sub, that's how it's kind of visualised, or that's how it's manifests in the body and mind. Incredible, because sometimes it happens to me a lot more than it would others. When it comes to sleeping too much, you know, mm-hmm. some people will say, you know, I slept for 10, 11 hours last night, and I mm. nearly feel worse. Yeah. Can you sleep too much? Is there a danger in yeah, any sense? Yeah, I mean, you can because we want optimum. You can do too much of anything, uh, too much water, I mean, whatever. I mean, we can sleep too much. So it, I'd be careful looking at the kind of data on this because maybe um, it's it's you're sick and you're sleeping too much. Maybe if you are sleeping too much, sometimes that's an indication of an underlying issue. It can be indicative yes. of that. So go and get that checked out. Go and get a blood test. Talk to your GP. There could be something else like an underactive thyroid going on there. Best temperature for your bedroom? 
18 degrees. <laughs> 18 there you have 20 it. degrees. Simple yeah. as get the thermometers <laughs> out yeah. snoring. I'm sure we have many listening in, Tom, who are yeah. wondering how they can stop their better halves from snoring, or maybe they are the better half and they yeah. want to stop snoring. Any tips here? Um, press a pillow firmly over. No, 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 don't do that. Um, I w- yeah, I mean, there are some tips for, for the snores. It's yep. it, again, it may, be, it may be an indication of something else, maybe yes. an indication of sleep apnea. Not that you know, if, if, you, if you snore, you have it, but it may be an indication. So, there's something on, going on with, with, with the breathing there. So, that what happens as we age is the tissues in the, in the neck tend to uh, get bigger and can, it can, they can collapse the tongue and it, it blocks the airways, and that's, that's what's snoring. So, I mean, um, some tips on that um, avoid alcohol. Alcohol, um, um, loosen weight if you if you are overweight. Uh, elevate the bed uh, by three or four degrees. Um, if you're on your back, it's not the best position for snoring. Side side sleeping will help you in that respect as well. But look at your lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. Always look at your lifestyle when Always it comes look to your sleep. Lifestyle. Tom, another one for you, and maybe we could. It's probably not an easy one to answer quickly, but just even to bullet point them, the warning signs of sleep deprivation. Uh, Daytime sleepiness, okay. Yeah. Uh, brain fog, um, not being um, fully mentally uh, there and present. Your ability to be present, um, tiredness and fatigue, and you're struggling to get up in the morning. Simple as. Yeah. Yeah. Oh eight three three zero six nine six nine six. We may still get one or two more questions to Tom before he leaves us at seven p.m. We are just going to go to a quick ad break. With simple ways to enhance your quality of life, building balance on KCLR with Natalie Lennon. You are very welcome back. You're listening to Building Balance. It is Natalie Lennon here with you. We still have Tom Coleman in the building, Ireland's top sleep coach, and it has been such an educational and insightful episode and show so far. Don't forget, we will be posting this show to Spotify and to the KCLR website tomorrow. So if you've just tuned in, you are going to want to listen back to this one. Now, coming towards the end of each show, I'm going to share with you just a very simple little life hack that might make your life a bit easier. With simple things you can do. The Building Balance Life Hack. Avocados. Okay, I love avocados. They are fantastic, healthy fat source. And we'll speak more about nutrition on another episode in the series. But often it's hard to get them perfectly ripe and there's nothing worse than getting an avocado that's way too hard when you want it that day or it's already gone brown on the inside so here's a little tip a life hack for this week if the stem comes off easily and you see green it's perfect and ready to eat okay the small little stem at the bottom but if the stem is fussy and it won't come off at all it's likely to be unripe so if you want to get them to allow them to ripen do but an overripe avocado stem will just pop off really quick and you'll kind of see this brown color so when you're buying your avocados Keep that in mind. And if you want to keep them ripe for longer, leave the pit in them. Because no one really has a whole avocado at a time. Leave the pit in them, keep the skin on them, and wrap them in tinfoil, store them in the fridge. You will get days more out of them. Tom, are you a fan of avocados? A huge fan. Yeah, me too. Me too. Tom, next up, I'm going to have a bit of fun, and we're going to do Building Balance, Get to Know the Guest. Knowing me, knowing the Building Balance Get to know the guest Tom Coleman Ireland's top sleep coach Your favourite meal Oh my favourite meal uh, I would say Maybe Japanese sushi Oh I won't argue with that Watching sunrise or sunset Sunset Favourite hike in Ireland Oof um, Maybe Diamond Hill Pick one to keep Swimming or running 
Swimming. Oh, I agree. Favourite dessert? Tiramisu. Last watch on Netflix? Jeffrey Dahmer. Ooh, <laughs> that got dark. Last thing you ate? Last thing I ate? Blueberries. Oh, won't argue with that either. Heinz or Chef Ketchup? Not fast Heinz. <laughs> Barry's or Lions Tea? Barry's. Favourite staycation destination? Uh, staycation destination, West Cork. Oh, won't argue with that either. Spring or summer? Summer. The last podcast you played? Oof. Andrew Hoobman. The last person you hugged? Kerry. Your typical coffee order? Uh, flat white. And one tip that you could give our listeners to help them build better balance in their life? Get outside and connect with nature rather than the phone. Yes, brilliant. Get to know the guest. KCLR. Tom Coleman, thank you so much. It has been a pleasure having you as my first guest here on Building Balance. I genuinely am so grateful for your time traveling two hours down here to join us in studio. If people want to find you online, where can they do so? Thank you so much, Natalie. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, the time has flown. Um, yeah, I know. I want to tell people that they can transform their lives and that I can help them do that. Uh, please reach out to me. I will get back to you. I will send you messages. I'm a better talker than a typer. So you can find me on Instagram, tomcoleman.ie or my website, www.tomcoleman.ie. Tom, thank you so much. Hopefully it won't be the last that we hear from you on KCLR and we'll chat to you again very soon. Thank you very much. We are going to leave you with a motivational song each week. These are some of my favourite songs to get me feeling positive, upbeat, motivated and I have created them as a playlist on Spotify called Building Balance as well. This one is by Loud Luxury and Brando. It's called Body. I will leave you and love you. Own Carrie is on the way very shortly with Fully Loaded. Thank you for joining me this evening for your very first episode of Building Balance. I'll be back next week from 6 to 7 with a brand new topic to educate you on to help you build better balance in your life. Babe, don't make a sound. 2 a.m. love, gotta keep it down. Don't wait around for a signal now.